Beam. You're safe now. Where's Leia? Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to the 158th Obi-Wan, oh my goodness, this is a very, very familiar episode of Mandavision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out the small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, via social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandavisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Well, we're back again for episode 4 of Obi-Wan Kenobi, airing exclusively, streaming exclusively on Disney+. And by and large, again, another episode that I very, very much enjoyed. Uh, but I do have some nits to pick, some some critiques to offer, and, and some some general thoughts I wanted to share with, with you wonderful, wonderful people listening to the show. Uh, I, I won't go as far as some reviews have gone and I will not say this episode is, is a huge misstep uh, because again I think there's a lot in this that's a lot of fun and very very enjoyable uh, good visuals uh, some good action stuff like that too but we do take a little bit of a step back from our from our sort of character study of Obi-Wan uh, we do take a little bit of a step back from the narrative and there's a couple of leaps if you will in some of the some of the logic and we're going to talk about that we're going to get into all those things in the, in the nitty gritty but again by and large Really enjoyed the episode, um, and uh, there's something. And again, I don't know if the writers are being clever with this, but there is something interesting in the decision to make the fourth episode very much like episode four, the film. You know, this this movie, this episode of the show of Obi Wan Kenobi, obviously echoes very very much a, a, a New Hope, and I think it's a lot of it's by design. Uh, and then for people like me who uh, uh, play video games. Have have referenced Star Wars: Fallen Order on previous episodes of the podcast. Uh, there's a there's a, a certain familiarity to those of us who've played the game 
who have uh, stepped into to Cal Kestis's boots and and infiltrated uh, Fortress Inquisitoris on our own, and and, and sort of walked these hallways and, and done similar things to Obi Wan in that regard. What's also really interesting to think about is, uh, you know, Fallen Order again to kind of put things in context a little bit takes place five years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, right? So you got, you know, Cal Kestis on the run, the Inquisitors after him. Uh, you know, he's on his mission, he's doing his thing. We end up at Fortress Inquisitoris. Uh, uh, five years after that, ten years after Return of, or, I'm sorry, Revenge of the Sith, right? But only five years after Cal's adventures there, another infiltrator to the to Fortress Inquisitoris. Um, <laughs> to maybe tighten up security for that first time would be, would be my thought. Uh, just, but again, you have to sort of wonder like how much are they incorporating the video game's continuity into their their storytelling? Or, you know, we're already kind of head scratching a little bit because they don't really seem to. Have, thus far, we haven't seen the return of the Grand Inquisitor, and we know he has his ultimate fate is supposed to be determined in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, so, you know, we, we still have two episodes to go to sort of link these things up. And again, I'm not saying they're going to link up with the video game, but it is sort of funny to fun to note that just five years earlier, a, a, a former Jedi Padawan uh, infiltrated and caused all kinds of ruckus aboard Fortress Inquisitors, and no one thought to, you know, put shields out or maybe you know lock up those those external ports from the from the from the, the water go up into the base. Uh, and again, we'll talk about some of those little inconsisten- inconsistencies, some of those little nits I have to pick. And it, we will definitely be highlighting the enjoyable aspects of the show as, as well because there were definitely those to talk about and to, to share as well. So let's go ahead and talk about the episode in particular. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, Episode 4, original air date, June 8th, 2022. Our plot this week, Obi-Wan Kenobi plots a daring mission into enemy territory. Our uh, let's see, our, our director, of course, Deborah Chow, back once again. Joby Harold and, uh, who is it, Hannah Friedman, are the writers for this week's episode, as they have been for the majority of them thus far. And our principal cast, of course, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Indira Varma as Tala. Vivian Lyra Blair as Leo Organa. Moses Ingram is Inquisitor Riva slash the third sister. O'Shea Jackson makes his Star Wars debut as Roken. Maya Erskine is Sully. Sung King is fifth brother. Kaya, I'm going to get it wrong again. Kielstedt is fourth sister. James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen combine powers to be Darth Vader. And that's that's basically our principal cast for this week's episode of the show. Uh, so let's go ahead. I think we shouldn't. We don't need to waste any more time. Let's go ahead and, and, and dive in to this episode. You know what that means. It's that time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. You can't keep me here. My father is Bail Organa. He's a senator. I am a princess of Alderaan. That's cute. You have no rights here, princess. The Empire doesn't take kindly to Jedi sympathizers. He will come for me. Oh. Obi-Wan is dead. This episode picks up basically shortly after the events of Episode 3, after the, the, the beatdown 
that Obi-Wan received at the hands of Darth Vader. Uh, and we see him, you know, kind of reeling from that beatdown, from that confrontation with his former apprentice, with his former best friend, and then how it just all went so bad. And, and you know, again, we saw how unprepared Kenobi was for that encounter and how those skills have uh, eroded over time, how he let them sort of uh, atrophy by, by not practicing, by not staying uh, sharp in, in, in the intervening years since his last encounter with Anakin. Uh, I liked that part of it. I liked him sort of processing that, sort of dealing with that, you know, the, in the, then the moments when he's thrown into the back to tank and we see the dual back to tank for Anakin uh, and what his body's gone through, the trauma he's endured over the, over the years from that last com- that confrontation from Revenge of the Sith, particularly, right? You know, to see the severed limbs, to see the, the, the you, know, you know, 100% of his body is covered in burn scars. Um, and I know we sort of processing the way in which he was uh, thoroughly and soundly defeated by Darth Vader in that confrontation. Uh, and, 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 Again, Obi-Wan I reluctant participant in it because I think he knows his skill set is, is not where it's supposed to be to be in a fight with a Sith Lord. But, again, now, one of my nits to pick in this episode is, is here in the beginning of it as well because, you know, we see Tala taking Obi-Wan's body. They're in a ship, and they seem to be, you know, off-world, right? They've, they've left Mapuzo behind, and... You know, one of the things they said in Episode 3 was the planet was on lockdown. There was nowhere for Kenobi to go, which led me to believe that's, that's why Vader didn't follow him through the fire. Didn't, didn't send the stormtroopers like, hey, don't let that, that lifter droid pick up Kenobi and get, let, let him get away. Like, I, I, again, my, my sort of read on the situation was the Empire has Mapuzo locked down. You know, you have the access, the resources of the Imperial Navy. Why aren't you blockading the planet? Why aren't you uh, questioning or shooting down any ship that's attempting to leave Mapuzo? Now, this, again, Tala probably has clearance, right? She uses her, her Imperial background, and she's probably gotten permission to leave the planet. But, again, in, in a situation like this, with Vader himself and the Inquisitors kind of calling the shots, I feel like you'd still would board ships, just to make sure. Again, you're, you're a fugitive has eluded you on the planet and is probably trying to get off-world. So just because a person has Imperial clearance and they just wave them through, again, it's a nit, and I'm picking it. That, that's all I'm really saying about it. And uh, they, it, for, for whatever reason, they, they shifted the focus so that we, we, we leave Mapuzo and go to Jabim, the planet talked about in, the, in Episode 3. Again, not what I expected them to do. It was a choice, uh, an interesting one, I suppose. And and um, it it puts us in a situation where we were when the seat when the show began, right? Because again, at the end of episode three, Riva gets her hands on Leia, and so once again, for the second time in this in this series so far, Leia is kidnapped. <laughs> now the interesting part is that the first time around it was orchestrated by Riva. This time it's very directly done by Riva, uh, but we're kind of retreading some ground here a little bit which is again an interesting choice uh but it puts us in the position where now obi-wan has to rescue once again princess leia and and i don't know how i feel about that necessarily i i I thought it might be more of a different scenario again in my head the way the way i played it out with them being 
locked down on Mapuzo, having to hide in caves and be on the run from Imperial forces, uh, I thought a different scenario would, would play out to ultimately get Leia away from Riva. But they they opted to go this route, and and they sort of take the shortcut of us having to infer that because of Tala's imperial clearances, she was able to take a ship and leave the planet, no questions asked. I again, I have some problems with that. It's not my favorite shortcut to take with with this story, but it is what it is. Yeah, and and again, we get we get Kenobi to Jabim. He's in a back to tank for not very long, but long enough to process. Uh, he got his butt whipped, and that Leia uh, is missing. And I thought he might be a, more, a bit more miffed at Tala for leaving Leia to ultimately be abducted by Riva. But if, if they had that conversation, it's, it's on the cutting room floor somewhere, and it, it's not for us to, to, to see. Uh, cutting to the Fortress Inquisitoris, we see, uh, once again, the Empire... <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to laugh. But once again, we see the Empire being really, really mean to kids. You know, we, we saw this with, uh, with, with Grogu, right, in, in Season 2 of Mando. Uh, you know, with <laughs> the, the idea that the Empire has these, has these little stun cuffs for Grogu. And now uh, a, an Inquisitor is going to interrogate uh, another small child. You know, you got these two fierce stormtroopers guarding the doors. Uh, and then, again... Just sort of the idea that like this small child is going to be interrogated, and these stormtroopers are like, yeah, that's that's the job. It comes with the territory. We question kids on everything, so <laughs> it's just one of another silly little element. And I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of, of of ridiculous memes to go around, particularly later in the show when they get preparing to torture young Princess Leia. But I, I, I but I digress. Uh, but I, I, I like by and large, I like this scene quite a bit. I like the way that. Uh, Riva comes at Leia, tells him that Obi-Wan's dead, that no one's coming to get her, you know, really just kind of puts the fear into Princess Leia. But Leia's a, a strong character, and, and despite the fact that she's probably terrified, I think that's a valid feeling for a small child in this situation, uh, she's not going to give up the information. She's not going to rat out the people who are, you know, saving Jedi and, and ferrying them away from the Empire, shuttling them away from the Empire. Uh, now, we haven't seen all that resolved just yet but thus far you know Leia st- is going to stick to her guns um, I I do wonder if Reva knows that Kenobi has escaped the planet I'm assuming that she does it's not implicit in any particular moments of the of the of the episode until later on I assume she's just trying to again put more fear into Leia that like oh no Kenobi's dead he's not coming for you no one's coming for you so you need to tell us about the path and you know, we'll, t- we'll talk a little bit more about that because, again, the, the, this episode sort of does like a, a little bit of a shift in focus from the Imperial perspective where, you know, it's all about getting Kenobi and smoking Kenobi out. But now Reva has this side quest of, of you know, let, let's, fig- let's find the path and, and follow the path and find more Jedi this way. Uh, and again, that makes a certain amount of sense. But it sort of seems like they also stumbled across this rather blindly. It's not like Reva sort of intuited that this would be a, a, a sort of perk of smoking out Kenobi that they would come across this network that they believed was alive for a long time. Uh, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how these things play out. We'll see how this sort of progresses. Let's go ahead and get to our next big talking point for the episode. Broken. You shouldn't be here. I know you're upset. I mean it. But, uh... 
Get him on the first transport out of here. Too many people are looking for you. You put us all in danger. I need your help. So does every kid making a rock flow from here to Coruscant. Someone very important to me has been taken. I need your help to get her back. General, I'm sorry, but that's not my problem. Well, I wish that were true. So we cut back to Jabim, and we meet Roken, who, if not the actual leader of, of the path and getting people to the path, is at least a, a primary figure on it. Uh, Obi-Wan, now fully garbed, approaches him with Tala because... They need to get Leia back. They need his help to get Leia back. And, and Roken, despite not wanting to get involved in a rescue mission, uh, is, is sort of coerced into it because of what Leia knows. And Leia knows a lot about the path, and that puts everyone there on Jabim and the people who use the path in, in a, lot of, a lot of peril. So they are sort of able to strong-arm Roken. Uh, I want to go ahead and play this next section of the conversation between Leia, uh, between Obi-Wan Tala and Roken, as, as, as he shares a bit about it himself. Uh, now, just to note, this is, this is O'Shea Jackson. This is Ice Cube. Uh, excuse me, this is Son of Cube. Son of Ice Cube. And uh, he's making his Star Wars debut, so good on him. And uh, I, I, I think he does a nice part. A nice, a, you know, it's not a huge role. Not a lot to do thus far. But I think he brings a nice little presence to the, to the scene as a guy who has a personal history with the Empire doing bad things to force sensitive people, and that's why he uh, is doing the path. Let's go ahead and check it out. Then help us to get her back. I can't lose her. You've no idea what the Empire is capable of. I had a wife once. I knew exactly what she was before we got married. We tried to hide it. And the Inquisitors found her anyway. So I know exactly what the Empire can do. There you go. There's his personal stakes. That's what's going on with him. Uh, another good moment in this sequence, too, is at the beginning of it, when we first are meeting Roken, when he calls Kenobi General. Uh, so, you know, perhaps we, you know, Roken has some sort of familiarity with Obi-Wan from his time during the Clone Wars. Maybe Roken was... If not, maybe if not a child soldier, at least respects the fact that maybe there are stories about sort of General Kenobi, the war hero from that time. Maybe maybe Kenobi had some role to play, you know, helping liberate or defend parts of his planet in the past. Uh, I thought that was an interesting, an interesting sort of callback to call him General General in in that regard. Uh, yeah, a nice little touch, if you will. But despite despite that part, you know, as, as adamant as he was a moment ago. That the Kenobi's got to go. Get him out of here. It's not safe here. Now all of a sudden, Roken's had a change of heart, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna help you. Let's do this thing." And again, that's sort of a a nit for me to pick. I was, I was like, that's a really abrupt, you know, uh, a change of heart, right? Now maybe maybe Kenobi forcing his forcing him to to remember his wife to think about what would happen to him at the hands of the Inquisitors, what was taken from him by the Empire and the Inquisitors is, is sort of what spurs it on. But it seemed rather abrupt. But again, we, we roll with it. You know, we got, we got to get things going on here. And, and while part of me wants to argue that it's a little lazy storytelling-wise, we can let it slide, all right? We, you know, we, we know what we have to do in this episode. And, and again, it's a bit of a, of a, of a familiar thing because we're rescuing Leia once again. Uh, but if you think that's the only familiar thing in this episode, you are you are mistaken because we are about to go on on a on a journey 
that is much like that of Star Wars: A New Hope. <laughs> and we're gonna, get, but we do get some other references. You know, we got we got T-47s, aka the snow speeders, that make an appearance, but these ones are not modified for the snow. Uh, there's all kinds of fun callbacks in this one. But let's go ahead and check in with our next clip. And actually, we're just going to play the next sequence here because I, w- I want to play this sort of strategy session with these people who are, you know, organizing and running the path, you know, the, 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 the shepherding of Force-sensitive people away from the, the grasp of the Empire. And it's, it's another interesting sort of scene because, I li- again, I, I like that they have, like, some, some planning going on. They know a bit about Nur. They have some intelligence. But then it goes from some intelligence <laughs> to... Like a, a, a very specific amount of detailed information that I was just was like, that's a bit head scratching. But we'll talk about it when we get there. So let's let's check it out. Let's play the scene. Nur, it's a water moon. We got this off the grid while it was being built. It's all we have. It's in the Mustafar system. That's Vader system. Is Vader there? We don't think so. Our intel shows he's still on his ship, but he's close. That is a staggering amount of intel to have. That <laughs> that you know that Vader is specifically on his ship. Again, this is this is a mom and pop sort of operation, and I get that maybe you have some sympathizers, you know, around. But to have one that knows that Vader is on his ship is a very specific amount of information. <laughs> and again, just sort of something I wondered about. You know, there's a lot in this episode requires a leap of faith, a leap of, 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 of I don't want to say logic necessarily, but there's a, we have to take a lot of, on faith in this episode. That that, you know, there there's eyes in the, for the for the path, the sympathizers for the path in the Empire again, like Tala herself, and it, it requires us to believe that there's more people like her in the Empire than maybe we want to believe, out of uh, an organization of space fascists. I said it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and play out the rest of the sequence here. Uh, uh, check it out. So that's it. Fortress Inquisitorius. It's impenetrable, Wade. How far down do you think it goes? Have no idea. It's their base of operation, so probably got a command center training facility. The truth is, nobody knows what it looks like in there. I don't see any shields. That's because no one would be stupid enough to attack them. Except for that time five years earlier when Cal Kestis did. We could take those speeders, go in at night. You have some T-47s in the hangar. It's suicide. Well, we need to find a way inside. Well, we're not soldiers. Those speeders are for hauling sewage. She's ten years old. I won't leave her there. I'll go on my own. You can barely stand. You're not getting in there. I'll go with him. Well, I have officer clearance. I can get you inside and I can get you access. Is your cover still intact? We'll find out soon enough. We're wasting time. Get my ship fueled and ready. All right, so what I think really brings this scene together, despite, again, my, my nitpicks and, and some of the things that I'm talking about, I, I, I like the fact that these people are very reluctant to get involved into, into, into a sort of you know covert military operation, right? Like, they're here to, to smuggle people. They're here to help people. They're not soldiers. Sully says that in the, in the scene. Uh, but Kenobi's asking them to sort of step up because... He's desperate. He needs to save this girl, and he's going to go without, with or without them, but he would like to go with them because the odds of success, success go up exponentially if he has some assistance in, in, in some form or another. Uh, and it's, it's really Hugh McGregor who brings this scene to, together for me, his, his sort of desperate plea 
uh, for help from these people is is really what sells this this sequence for me, and I really really did enjoy that part of it. Uh, and again, Ewan doing a, doing a darn fine job, acting his face off, and getting us to to believe in the cause uh, of Obi Wan Kenobi, despite the fact that this we still haven't seen our Obi Wan just yet necessarily, but flashes of him are starting to return in this in this episode. So staying in chronological order with this episode, basically, <laughs> we're going to Nur. We're we're back on. Tala's ship. She's back in her Imperial uniform. They're going to use her clearance to access the, the Inquisitor, Fortress Inquisitoris. Uh, but while in route, while on approach, Obi-Wan is, is attempting to sort of reconnect with the Force in a way that we haven't seen him use yet, just yet. Uh, one of my sort of narrative issues with the show is that so much of, of his struggle with the Force is, is kind of inferred as opposed to him talking about it, sort of him addressing these things head on. How you know, he hasn't been doing these things for 10 years, how he's out of practice, maybe even reluctant to use the Force, to connect with the Force, to let it flow through him. Uh, it's it's just sort of, again, uh, under the surface, it's not being doc- talked about in a direct way. Uh, but And I guess that leaves it up to interpretation, like how much out of practice is Obi-Wan, how connected to the Force is he. And it, it, I guess it allows us to have these conversations, which is the nice part of it. But again, we see him using his, his right arm, his burned arm, uh, to 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 move a small piece of, of metal with the force, uh, and it, it's a bit of a struggle for him. And Tala is about to have a conversation, a little chat with him, and I I want to mark my reserva- my reservations about this conversation right now, my my concerns about this conversation right now. That that if now again, as I as I mentioned just a moment ago, we start to see flashes of of our Obi Wan coming back in this episode as he storms the fortress. And, and has to rescue Leia once again from, from the Empire, from the Inquisitors. But this conversation with Tala, I, 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 again, I want to put my little asterisk right here. It would be interesting to me if, if Tala telling Obi-Wan to forget about the past <laughs> is sort of the motivating factor for Obi-Wan to finally move on. Uh, you know, as many of us have speculated, you know, communing, via the Force with Qui-Gon. You know, I think some of us are waiting for that sort of moment to be how Obi-Wan sort of forgives himself and allows himself to move forward. So <laughs> I, I, w- I will be significantly disappointed if it's just Tala being like, you know what, the past is the past. We got to move on uh, it, to, to, to kind of spur him forward. A, a person that he has no connection with other than, you know, five minutes ago when uh, she got him off of Mapuzo. But let's go ahead and play the sequence anyways because, again... The acting's really nice in the sequence. I, I just wish there was a little bit more emotional gravitas between these characters. There's there's no history. There's no there's no real connection. Yes, they they escape Mapuza together, so they're kind of bonded by that. And again, Tala is 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 risking everything to go back and get Leia. But it's just it just doesn't quite have the weight that I that I wanted to have. But she is saying something very very important and very very necessary for Obi Wan's character to kind of kind of you know help him get back on the saddle. So let's check it out. I'll be all right. Your body's not the only thing that needs to heal, Ben. The past is a hard thing to forget, and you just need time, that's all. Some things can't be forgotten. You care about Leia. Then you're going to have to try. We're almost there. 
All right, so yeah, it's a good moment and a great scene between two really wonderful actors. Uh, and, and that's another reason why we can appreciate the scene, at the very, very least, in my opinion, because they're doing a great job delivering these lines and, and kind of selling you on this stuff. And, you, you know, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know how I sort of um, have expressed some frustration that sometimes the Star Wars Disney Plus shows lack a little gravitas, a little weight to them. This show is, is at the very least, one of the most well-acted shows thus far in, in, in Star Wars. And, and having a guy like, like, uh, like Ewan McGregor and, and an act, another actor like... <laughs> like... Uh, 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 oh my gosh, I got the wrong character's name in my head right now. But yeah, having actors of this caliber is a really, really big deal. And and uh, sorry, Indira Varma. That's what it was. I was, I, I got her name mixed up with another, another actor, and I didn't want to say the wrong name. But they bring some real real heft to this. Like these are really nice performances. They're small. They're subtle. They're 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 but they're they're important, right? And again, I, you've seen the you've seen the sort of negative reviews on this episode thus far. They're cropping up all over the place. That this episode's a misstep. But there are nice moments like this between two wonderful actors uh, that really elevate the material that they're being given. And that's a, a, that's a strong point, and that, des- that deserves commenting on and, and sort of uh, you know celebrating a bit because, again, we're just so connected to Obi-Wan. We're so connected to Ewan McGregor's performance. So to have him be able to bounce off another, another well-trained, wonderful actor really does sell these things. But again, I, I, I will underline... Right here, that it, if this is sort of like the motivating reason for Obi Wan to get back on the horse, as opposed to sort of like communing with with Qui Gon, or even you know falling back to like some memory that he has with Anakin, or or you know the moment of falling back to a memory with Anakin would be amazing. I'm just gonna say that right now, like some some sort of moment where they talked about something similar about you know letting the past go. How powerful would that be if we flash back and we get sort of like the the de-aged effect that they use in Marvel over on Hayden Christensen, right? And it, it becomes like this moment that, that Obi-Wan is able to use to kind of rally himself, put himself back together and, and, and be like, you know what? I'm going to do this for Anakin, kind of like in spite of Anakin in, in, in a sense. Uh, but but to cherish those memories he has with his former apprentice, his former best friend, uh, would be really exciting as well. I, again, I think the majority of, of fandom, myself included, wants that cameo that that force goes to Qui Gon. But we'll see what happens. Again, two episodes left to go, but a lot to do. And now we begin the the sort of homage, if you will, to A New Hope. As as instead of a Death Star, we have Fortress Inquisitorius, and Again, for, for a person like me who plays Star Wars Fallen Order, there's a lot of familiarity here. Uh, but by and large, again, I have to... I understand. Not everybody played that video game. Not everybody is a gamer. Uh, so this is all this is new to a lot of people, which is exciting. And I sort of enjoyed the familiarity with it. But again, I sort of... <laughs> I couldn't help but chuckle at the idea that five years after Cal Kestis rampaged through that base, uh, now Obi-Wan Kenobi is doing the same thing. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. That just gives me a good chuckle. All right. I know we're spending a lot of time talking about Kenobi, but let's cut back to the fortress. Let's go back to Reva questioning young Leia. And I, you know, I really enjoyed these scenes between these two actors. I thought they were really, really well done. 
and 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 again, we've we've talked about it before. People who want to speak badly about Moses Ingram, they can they can get out of here. Uh, but the way these two actors, Moses Ingram and Vivian Lyra Blair, play off each other as as young Leia and the Inquisitor, I really dig it. I think there's a lot of fun stuff here, uh, as far as the way that Reva is trying to. Uh, get the information, cajole the information by sort of eliciting the fear, but sort of like being like, oh, no, we can make this all go away. We'll send you home. Just tell us about the path. You know, you want to go see mom and dad. It's a whole thing. So let's check this out. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pick it up right where uh, Reva puts down the, 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 the wall piece from, from that, that Mapuzo sanctuary area that has the Jedi symbol on it. And, and she talks to us. Uh, she, she shares with Leia and us, the audience, uh, about this intel they received about the path and how they didn't believe it at first until they started stumbling across uh, path locations in, in their various duties as Inquisitors. I need to find out where they are, Leia. And I think you know. How did he die? Burned to death on Mapusa. The people I'm looking for left him there to die. If you tell me where the path is, you can go home to your family. This can all be over. I don't know anything about a path. Well, let's think a little bit harder, shall we? So more defiance from Leia and Reva not buying a single second of it. So we cut from that to Tala arriving in the hangar for Fortress Inquisitoris and making her way deep inside the compound. Uh, she gets questions. She flexes over the security guy, gets access. She gets to a terminal. She's got communications with Ben going. And we find that Ben's in the water. Ben's swimming towards an access port. Again, much like Calchistus in Fallen Order. And that's how he's able to enter, enter the base. Now, one thing I thought was interesting to note, right? So, Obi-Wan's using an approach similar to Cal in the, in the video game, coming up through a vent into the base. This vent is, is through a door. There is a stormtrooper guarding the door, right? A guard... <laughs> a guy guarding the door to the port, to to that little ventral port or whatever it is, uh, but when 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 Obi Wan's approaching the high security area, not a stormtrooper to be found. <laughs> Just one of those sort of interesting things to note, right? Again, Obi Wan's sneaking around. He's he's doing his his uh, you know, again a very similar approach, a very similar tact that old Obi Wan has in A New Hope, uh, and and we're seeing this younger version of Kenobi. Which I still think is funny how they call, uh, you know, you and McGregor an old man in this. I guess he's in his fifties, but still, it's just funny. I, I just don't think of you McGregor as an old man. Uh, now we'll cut back to Reva and Leia. This time, Reva's attempting to use the Force uh, to extract the information from Leia's mind in in a similar fashion to what she did in Episode Two to Haja Estri. Uh, let's check it out because I, I really like the way Leia uh, uh, responds to this treatment. The Sister Contest. Uh. 
strong. The braver you seem, the more afraid you are. All right. So this is the moment where uh, Leia's going to try and use Lola as a weapon, <laughs> which seems like a bad plan, but it allows, again, some of these things happen because I think they need them to happen for the episode. There's a lot of setup in this in this episode for the final two episodes, I believe. And and this is one of those sort of pivotal moments where I'm like, I sort of get what Leia's thinking, but e even if she were to like render Reva unconscious or something like that with with Lola, or Lola does something to to Reva, there's still stormtroopers in the room. Leia's not going anywhere. Uh, but we need to have Reva get her hands on on Lola, and and that's sort of what this is all about. Uh, the other thing I had to ask about this this scene is, you know, Reva is an Inquisitor. She's used to dealing with Force sensitive beings. But she just she doesn't really seem to be picking up on Leia as a force of being who's able to fight off her her attempts to rip information from her mind. Wouldn't that that strength she's referring to sort of signify a, a a force sensitivity to be able to repel those sort of attacks, or do they just think that you know is, is Leia just strong willed and strong minded, so she's able to repel those attacks? Um, it's it's something that I don't know if we have a lot of clarity on as far as the force goes, and perhaps if Leia's not sh not actively showing force abilities uh she's still able to stay under the radar but it is it's sort, of, it's sort of interesting to think that she here she is amongst force you know jedi hunters uh it's force sensitive being hunters and is is still able to stay off the radar from them despite uh re rejecting their interrogation techniques um yeah just a thought i don't know let me know what you think about that so in the meantime obi-wan's making his way around the base uh, there's seeker droids on patrol, making sure nobody's infiltrating, right? Because, you know, maybe maybe that's because of Cal. Maybe that's the response there. Uh, there's stormtroopers afoot. They're patrolling. Uh, Tala's getting into... She's being noticed, I guess, and she's had to kill a guy. <laughs> Obi-Wan killed a stormtrooper. Now she's killed an Imperial officer. Uh, so they're one for one on that regard. Obi-Wan's still trying to be sneaky. This is one of the more, the, one of the more uh, direct moments references even to a new hope and and just a moment before that when when tala has to go and and, and choke that dude out uh, you get a very very similar similarly shot angle of a of a um communication device right shot, shot sort of like the same way when c3po had put his down on the death star right to go hide from the from the imperials when they were coming into the into that little room where they were hanging out at and trying to run the operation uh, but this, the next reference we're going to get here is right here as as Ben hiding in a corridor as two, two stormtroopers make their way down the hall. Ben. Did you hear that? Ben able to use a similar move to what he will later do when on the Death Star to throw some stormtroopers off the scent of his trail. I, I, I like that homage. I, I sort of saw it coming, but I, it still didn't take away from the fact how much I enjoyed it. Uh, again, a small little callback or preview of a call, too. 
Um, but yeah, I, I dug them, and I thought it was really cool that he does that. And again, you're still seeing Ben, this Ben, this version of Ben, struggle with using the Force, and and even like these small little things are are challenging for him. You know, he again, he's just sort of let that muscle atrophy so much that that even that little thing, a little flick of the wrist to make that, that sort of distractionary noise to, to throw the attention of these stormtroopers away uh, takes a lot of concentration from him. Let's go ahead and check back in on Riva and young Princess Leia. As a, Again, just listen to, listen to the dialogue in the scene. I really enjoy these parts between these two actors right here. And I, I sort of wonder if this bit of dialogue that Riva's imparting to Leia is, is going to be sort of like a motivating galvanizing sort of moment for Leia as a character as, as and, and well let's go ahead and just check it out I know what it's like being alone Kenobi is gone the people you're trying to protect they are not coming for you the only person that can save you now Leia Tell me where they are. And this is the moment you you, you think maybe maybe Riva's made it made it through. Has has finally shown Leia the light that like no one's coming. You want to get out of this? You got to give me the information. This is the only way you're going home, girl. But yeah, you know our our princess, defiant to the end, loyal, protecting of of the people that she cares about, and the people doing 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 right. In the galaxy, uh, so it, it what she comes up with here is an interesting stall. Riva does see right through it though, and uh, you know let's let her know that the, hey, what what happens next is on you, and what happens next is gonna be pain. <laughs> so the jet of the Empire about to start, begin the torture of a small small child. So now Obi Wan's entered the, the secure sector. You know, uh, Tala at a various point wondered what they were hiding down this way. And now Obi-Wan's in the room, and he is seeing with his own eyes what the Inquisitors have been hiding down here. And let's check it out. Ben, what is it? I think I've just found out what they're hiding down here. This place isn't a fortress. It's a tomb. And as he says that, we stare upon the very familiar visage of Jedi Master Terra Sanube from the Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series. And uh, again, haunting. Haunting, like seeing uh, Jedi Master Terra Sanube in this sort of like amber-like substance. Uh, now again, Kenobi says dead. He says, or he says tomb. So we, we, we sort of infer that they're dead, right? That these are sort of like uh, like stuffed trophies for the Inquisitors to have on the wall. I, I, I sort of was curious if that was, if that could be misinterpreted. But again, he says the word tomb. So I don't believe they're in some sort of suspended animation state. I don't believe this is some sort of like Carbonite-esque moment where these, these beings could be revived at some point if they wanted to be, if the Inquisitors were to set them free. I believe this is death. This is a way to preserve them, to, to, to showcase the many, many Force-sensitive beings they have killed. But 
I, I would like to see like it would have been really cool if like in in, in you know Terrace Anubis chest if you could just see like a like a lightsaber hole or something like that so we knew they were dead but this is Star Wars we don't get that graphic but this is you know seeing Master Terrace Anubis here this is one of the more easily recognizable figures that we we get in this sequence uh, there there's been some rampant speculation about some of the other people that we see in this amber like substance. I haven't been able to co corroborate any of it. Uh, so I will I will stick to my guns here and say that Terra Sanube is the only known quantity uh, thus far, at the very, very least. If, if, if information changes, you know we'll come back and address it on the podcast. But for the time being, I, I, I feel that I can only, confident, only say with confidence that the first being that we see is Jedi Master Terra Sanube, who we saw... Most famously in the, in the lightsaber lost episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars when Ahsoka Tano lost her lightsaber and, and, and uh, Master Terrace Anube aided her in her quest to recover it. Great episode. Love Terrace Anube. Uh, if you're a fan of his like I am, go check out, uh, what, is, what is it, Jedi Lost, the, the Count Dooku book by Kevin Scott. Awesome. Awesome stuff. And Terrace Anube plays a, a role in that book. Not a, not a huge role, but a role nonetheless, which is very, very exciting. But yes, this is a huge chamber, and we see just dozens and dozens of, of Force-sensitive beings captured, killed, and, and sort of like immortalized in this, again, amber-like solution, whatever it is. And of course, one of the people that we see is a, a Jedi youngling, right? A, a youngling from the, from the temple. Uh, there has been some talk that this is similar, that is actually the same child we see fighting against uh, Order 66 and the 501st in the very first episode when, when we're on Coruscant. Uh, this leads, a little, you know, leads to the credence that... To, or, I'm sorry, to, to the belief. This leads some... This, this is evidence, I should say, <laughs> to the theory that Reva was also on the temple that night, at the temple that night, when Anakin Skywalker returned and started killing Jedi, Padawans, younglings alike. And, and again... We haven't gotten our answers to that just yet. I suspect Reva's big moments are coming up in the next episode. Uh, it, it'll be nice to get some clarity there. Like, why does she know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? Again, something that I always thought was like the biggest secret of the Star Wars timeline in that particular era. But, we, we, you know, I think we'll get our answers to that very, very soon. But, yeah, we see lots and lots of beings in, in this chamber. Meanwhile, at the same time, Leia is being strapped to the torture chamber the Empire's about to go to work on a small child once again, and these stormtroopers have no problem plugging her into this machine that's about to like drill holes in her eyes or whatever it's going to do. And, and Reva's about to be the one to hit the button and turn it on uh, when Obi-Wan asks Tala to cause a distraction so that he can get to that chamber in time. He hears Leia's cry. Now, whether it's because he's so close or it's, it's through the Force, I'm not 100% certain. There's a little bit of ambiguity there. But certainly a possibility is through the Force, but I, I, I think they want us to believe that it was Leia's call for help heard, you know, orally through the ears, if you will. So let's get to the next sequence here. Uh, how do you feel about? Let's just go. Let's just go ahead and call it. Let's uh, let's talk about it right now. With Tala talking to Riva, spinning that yarn, telling that story, telling that tale. Uh, and, and Reva's seen through it fairly quickly, but still sort of indulging Tala uh, to, 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 I guess, like, dare to convince her that, that she is, in fact, like, this, this 
agent of the Empire who's who's had been undercover despite being stationed on Mapuzo alone. Uh, it's interesting. We'll, we'll play a sequence of it here uh, in just a moment. But but we also have to talk about Obi Wan rescuing Leia, right? Getting into that torture in the, into that the interrogation room, cutting the power. You know, the room illuminated by the red around the torture chamber, the torture device, and then Ben's firing up that blue lightsaber and cutting down two stormtroopers uh, who are who are fairly inept. <laughs> when one of them is getting cut down, the other one's just sort of standing there. You, you would have thought he'd be a, a tad more on the defensive, but I guess he didn't. He's, maybe he's more prone to being afraid of the dark. Just, just, just an observation, though, but a very great visually interesting sequence that I, that I enjoyed quite a bit. All right, let's go ahead and cut to the, the Riva Tala scene here. I, I understand that you're leading the hunt for the network they call the PAR. Just speak. I was stationed on Mapuza when the hunt began. Ranking officer. Qualifications for discharge. They're on Florum. The network runs out of the Sertar sector. They use a salvage business to launder goods, render new identities, and fly the Jedi out. I found evidence before the escape. Impressive. We need to direct all resources there immediately and take the network out at its route. Unless, of course, you're lying. All right. I like the way that all all that was delivered. I love the way the Reva's sort of seen through this fairly, fairly quickly. Uh, but I also like the mention of Florum. Uh, in case it does not, it's not clicking, not ringing any bells, Florum... Where Hondo Onaka likes to hang out, likes to make a base of operations, it, it, there would be something sort of funny that, that Kenobi's still getting Hondo in, involved in, in, into too much trouble just by a passing reference of, of Florum. Yeah, assuming Hondo's still there. But I, you know, where else would uh, where else would Hondo be other than Florum? And yeah, now we're gonna cut to the chamber, and this is when when Obi Wan's about to spark up some lightsabers and do some rescuing of a certain princess. Stand where you are. You're alive. They told me you were dead. I didn't tell them anything. I know. Come with me. I'm gonna get you home. So... With Leia recovered, it's time to try and make our escape from the Fortress Inquisitoris. Riva is about to tur- about to put the screws to Tala, send her to interrogation to discern the truth, and it's not looking good. But that's when Obi Wan and Leia are detected by a seeker probe droid, a seeker droid modeled after the probe droids, and the alarm is sounded. The klaxons blare, and again, as Riva takes charge of the situation, Tala is still going to go to the interrogation. Uh, ben calls for help. Tal is going to be able to get away, but Reva's already in pursuit of Obi Wan at this point, so she doesn't know that. Uh, now we got stormtroopers coming after Leia and Ben. Ben fires at the lightsaber, and again, this is sort of like the, this moment, these moments that we're seeing Ben with the lightsaber on when he kills the two, the two stormtroopers, when he engages with with batting the blaster bolts back at the troopers and, and hitting the windows and all the all this good stuff. These are the moments where we're starting to see. Uh, Old flashes of our old Kenobi, right? Flashes of the Ben that we know and love, as as he's sort of returning to form a bit, like shaking the rust off, you know, getting getting all that, all those, uh, reacclimating those skills. I guess is probably the way I would put that. Uh, and and yeah, we see flashes of 
of his Sarasu Jedi lightsaber form, all right? Just comes into play here. Just Again, just flashes of it real quick here. But hinting that, that maybe Obi-Wan is getting a bit more up to speed, uh, you know, caught up, refreshing himself on how to do these things. And nothing gets a Jedi up to speed better than, uh, you know, smashing some stormtroopers with your lightsaber. Just cutting them down, batting some blaster bolts back at them. It's a good time. And I, again, I really am a big fan. I, I like the way the sequence worked out with the, the windows and the water crashing through. I thought that was all really, really great, really, really exciting, and a lot of fun. Again, it's a guess. If you played the video game, you know it's a little bit like the video game in a sense. You think maybe they would have put some better uh, blasterproof glass up. But, you know, what are you going to do? You build a fortress underwater? That's a possibility. Those things could happen. It's, it's real dangerous. But by the end of that sequence, Tala, Ben, and Leia reunited, and it's time to get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, Tala brings a... a, a it's a very not good disguise for Obi-Wan to try and wear. But again, there's a lot of confusion going on. Like the, the the fortress is under attack, right? So there's confusion. There's chaos. No one's really paying attention to these two people who are trying to make their way back to their ship. And, and you know, one of them happens to have a small child stashed around his legs. Uh, it, it, again, it's not the best. You, you sort of have to suspend disbelief for a little bit here. Be like... The, the chaos of the situation, they're not paying that close attention, despite the fact that Ben is more haggard-looking than any of the Imperial officers we've seen thus far on the show. Um, but uh, but Reva, Reva knows what's going on. She's not going to let this happen. Yeah, or is she? Hang on. Oh, and at the same time, uh, fourth sister and fifth brother have returned. They're hearing the klaxons go off, and they know the third sister has, has dropped the ball, at least in their opinion. Uh, but as again... As we'll find out at the end of the episode, Reva's got her own thing going on, and those 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 she feels are beneath her are not privy to that information. But here, let's check it out as Reva arrives to prevent the escape of Obi Wan, Tala, and Leia. A child and an old man. Was it worth it? Betraying everything you are. This was never who I was. Then you die. For nothing. The insanely well-timed arrival of the T-47s. Again, the familiar visage of the... of the Well, not visage, but the, the familiar shape of the Snowspeeders from Empire Strikes Back. We know them. We love them. And we get to see them in a, in a new use with a new purpose in this episode. Very, very exciting. And uh, they do a great job of blowing the crap out of these stormtroopers that are, that are arrayed about to kill our heroes. And we didn't mention it before... Uh, but but we get to see Purge Troopers for the first time in live action, right? For, again, from Fallen Order, from the video game. They're the, the they're arrayed around this room. We've seen them already in the episode walking the halls, walking the halls, coming after Ben before the in the in the chamber that gets flooded. Uh, again, it's 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 neat to see some of these other elements of of Star Wars media incorporated into like the live action stuff. It's been really really exciting to see that. So it was cool to see the Purge Troopers come to life. In, the, in this episode in particular. Uh, but now we're going to get Tala, Obi-Wan, and Leia making a mad dash to get the heck out of the base. And gosh darn, are they good shots. Obi-Wan just, again, 
10 years uh, of, of no lightsaber, no force use, rusty as heck. With the blaster, still hitting center mass on just about everything he's squeezing off here. Uh, <laughs> but good for him. I mean, hey, it's a blaster, right? I guess, I guess it's supposed to be a lot easier than a lightsaber. So, uh, you know, why not? So Sully, who we met earlier, lands, is able to take Obi-Wan, Tala, and Leia aboard. Re- Meanwhile, Reva's in hot pursuit, not about to let them escape. Right? Right? Wink, wink. And then Wade comes in, makes the play, stalls Reva, allowing them to fly off, but not before uh, on his way to escape, Wade gets knocked out of the sky when Fifth Brother orders Reva to take them down. But, again, it's all part of the plan. But I really like this sequence here. Again, we just got a shot of of Reva kind of like looking like, I can't believe they just escaped, right? Like, ultimate fake-out move here. Uh, Because the next shot of Vader storming down the hallway and force-choking underlings once again, bringing back classic Vader images. Uh, Just so good, so powerful, so awesome. Let's check that out. You were born what the feet would bring. I will tolerate your weakness no longer. I put a tracker on the ship. Soon the location of the network and Kenobi will be ours. It seems I have underestimated you. But my lord, the base was almost destroyed. Kenobi is all that matters. There can be no mistakes. You're certain the tracker is with him. Yes, my lord. Where he goes, it will follow. So an underrated element of that scene is 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 fifth brother, right? Again, as he's watching Reva get like force choked out, seemingly you know about to have her life ended at the hands of Darth Vader, and then sort of like the the smirk, the grin on his face as he witnesses that, uh, and then as he realizes he's been played by Reva, and he's like, "But what about the base?" And then Reva, with again to show that she's been paying attention the entire time, using Vader's words and saying that Kenobi is all that matters. Awesome stuff. Again, that's exactly what he told her in episode two. And 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 just mwah, perfect. I thought that was a, a part of the episode that really, really sang. The tracking device, again, you know, we're, we're, we're in familiar territory at this point. Because again, remember episode four, when the Millennium Falcon escapes the Death Star, what's on board? A tracking device. But, the, you know, so it's like, it's sort of like, are we supposed to infer that this is a trick that Vader learned from Reva? So that when the Falcon leaves the Death Star, he's like, oh, I remember, I played this game before. And this is what Reva did before I, I forced choked her in episode six. You know, or whatever. <laughs> whatever the case may be. So, sort of an interesting uh, little, again, a, another interesting callback to that epi- to, to episode four, to A New Hope. And, and again, I sort of wonder, again, are we supposed to think that Reva taught him that trick? I, you know, I don't know. I don't want to go there just yet. But Reva's showing that she's 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 crafty. She does some things. She's got some plans. 
she's thinking, you know, a couple moves ahead of the rest of the Inquisitors, the, at the very, very least. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about the tracking device element. It, it, again, we, the revelation that it's Lola wasn't shocking, wasn't, uh, a, a, you know, too far-fetched for me. But what it lends credence to is, is, is an idea that I'm not super crazy about because in my mind right now, and we're not gonna we haven't played this, this this sort of final sequence just yet, but what 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 they should be setting up here is like we just escaped Fortress Inqu- Inquisitorius, we have Princess Leia, the Princess of Alderaan, back in our possession. I think we should take her straight home <laughs> because that to me is the logical play, right? Like you have to return the princess, and then you go back into hiding, right? But you get rid of Leia first. You don't go back to Jabim. Which is what they sort of seem to be saying is going to happen. Like, so I don't understand why they go back to Jabim before they drop off Leia on Alderaan. Um, we, we will see how this plays out. I have been, I sort of, you know, last week I assumed we were staying on Mapuzo. Um, this week I'm assuming that they're going to go back to Jabim because that's, that's why they're tracking them so they can find out where this network of, of this sort of like underground railroad this underground pathway for force sensitive beings is. Uh, but that doesn't make sense to me. That 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 requires a bit of a logic leap that I'm not sure I can... I mean, I'm going to swallow it. I'm just going to have to because I'm enjoying the show and I want to see where it goes. I don't want to argue with the series by and large. But I, I, I'll point it out right now. To me, what you do right now is, you know, as as the T-47 is, is landing aboard uh, Roken's ship, they take off, they get off Nur. You go into hyperspace, you take like five or six different jumps, throw them off the scent, and then you go to Alderaan, okay? And now again, he doesn't know there's a tracking device, so the five or seven jumps doesn't make any sense in that regard. But you still go to Alderaan before you go back to Jabim. That's just my take on it. That's that's my opinion on it. How do you all feel about it? Let's get to the let's get to the final kind of moments of this episode. Again, a sweet moment between Leia and Obi-Wan sort of cementing the bond they're forging on these adventures, adventures, these, these kidnappings that Leia keeps finding herself a part of. Uh, and by the way, one element I wanted to talk about that I, I, I neglected to mention earlier in the episode is I thought it would have been really interesting if, if, if Leo, Leia were to intuit that Reva was the one who sort of orchestrated the kidnapping of her the first time around, that that would have been a really interesting way to sort of turn the tables on Reva in a sense. But it might have shown, it, it may, you know, perhaps it might have shown Leia as as more of a, I don't know, d- too developed, too smart for her own good sort of thing, uh, and they really wanted it to in, in, have Reva be able to instill fear in her, uh, you know, sort of take advantage of the fact that she is a small child, and and put that fear of of of, of imminent death and demise in, into her. Um, but I, I, I still think it would have been an interesting thing to play with because, again, we got these great moments of, of Leia sort of standing up for herself, being the, 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 the strong-willed person that she is. Uh, so I, I thought that would have been a really interesting move if, if she were to sort of divine or intuit that Reva was the one who orchestrated the kidnapping the first time around. Now, again, we still may get there. I, I doubt this is the final time that Reva and Leia will have a confrontation or, 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 or exchange uh, verbal barbs with one another. But... I don't know. Let's just see how it all shakes out. Let's just see. Where's Wade? Guess you're soldiers now, after all. 
So a very early dawning of the rebellion, right? I, that's sort of what we seem to be hinting at at this point, uh, as as we're as we're still ten years out from a new hope, and we're still sort of just seeing, you know, the 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 beginnings of the spark of rebellion flare across the galaxy. And you get the the moment with again, like I said, it's sort of the cementing of that bond between Leia and and Ben as a very uh, a, a very tender moment between them as they as they hold hands, being reunited now, escaping the danger of the Empire and the Inquisitors. Uh, but we pan down to see Lola and her her little eyes going red as as we we discover that she is in fact the tracking device. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, and, and that's our episode. And and again, it's a, it's a very enjoyable enough episode. But they're 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 beginning to ask us to take a lot on faith, ask us to to sort of. Uh, infer a lot of things and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to react if next week you know we go we you know we catch up with them and they're back on Jabim for no real good reason it's like ditch the princess let's get out of trouble and then go lay low again uh, and, and by this point you, you think Roken might have you know had enough foresight to be like well we're storming Nur you know perhaps uprooting our, our, our underground pathway system from Jabim makes a certain amount of sense because we're we're potentially exposing ourselves in a big bad way here. Now maybe he has. There are there are two episodes to go. Many surprises may abound. Uh, but this was sort of an interesting episode for a six episode show, right? We got a real. I thought we got a really strong first three episodes, uh, but this seemed to be like the the transition episode uh, as as we sort of shift the focus a little bit uh, and, and and sort of do a little bit of a reset for our characters here and, and sort of change. Um, the way the action is is, is orienting itself. Uh, how that will shake out next week remains to be seen, but I, I, I feel like, again, let's see how it lands. Let's see how much breathing room it, it gets. It gives itself. But I think we have a lot of answers, a lot of questions still to be answered. Uh, I'd like to get a little bit more explanation on things. And I really would like to get a, a bit more inside Ben's head at this point, you know? A lot of a lot of the stuff we're doing with with Obi Wan, as far as like trying to like decipher his 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 his, his mindset, his characterism, his mannerisms, it is is based off of what Ewan's putting out there in facial expressions with body language and things like that. I'd really just like to get him sort of have a conversation with a character and and vocalize these things, and whether it's with uh, uh you know Force Ghost Qui Gon. Uh, it, it, you know, that's great, but it, we, I think we need to get to that point. We need to have this be a bit more of an external instead of an internal thing. Let's have the character study, right? But at one, at some point, he has to voice his feelings, his frustrations, his um, failure, his guilt, his remorse. Uh, you know, all these things have to start coming out. We, it, it's, it's, it puts, a, it puts a lot of burden on, on Ewan to do these things with just facial features and body language. Uh, and it puts a lot on the audience to, to try and decipher these things. When you can you can have a really strong narrative with him just saying a few words about these things and expressing this in a way. And perhaps, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to evoke memories of Revenge of the Sith necessarily because, again, think about the climactic battle on Mustafar uh, you know when 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 Obi Wan tells Anakin that he you know admits to failing him, uh, that moment now would be more powerful because of of, of what he's seen, what of 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 what Anakin becomes, and admitting to that failure now, 
I think would resonate more. And we still have an Obi-Wan who has to kind of get back on the saddle fully. So a lot to do in, in, in the next two episodes, in the next two weeks. Uh, again, I, I refuse to call this episode a stumbling block. It, it, it's a bit of a setup episode. Um, but again, there's good action in it. There, there's a lot of fun things in here. A, a good performances once again. I really enjoyed Leah and Reva going at each other. I enjoyed Tala and Ben teaming up. I enjoyed going live action into, into Fortress Inquisitorious. And again, Vader storming them, first choking people. There, there's there's so much like in this. There, there, there really, really is. And I don't know if the first three episodes maybe set expectations too high, but there's a lot to like here. And I, I will watch this episode multiple times. I've already, I'm, I'm watched it three times now already. I'm sure I'll watch it two more times at the very, very least before next week's episode. Uh, so, so we just got to stay positive with everything, right? This show's been, been, in my opinion, has been delivering the goods thus far. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and, and stick with them and see how it goes. All right. Uh, uh, one thing I noticed this week, uh, you know, I, I, you know, many of you know, I get a lot of my information for like the credits for the show, like the cast and the director, writers, all that stuff. I get that off IMDb. Uh, and so I observe the, the ratings for each episode on IMDb. And this week, when I logged on to, to check things out, uh, it, it's clear to me that the, the hate reviewing has begun in earnest on sites like Rotten Tomatoes, like IMDb, and in various places that, that sort of get those, those meta scores, right? Uh, because with, you know, the first two episodes of Obi-Wan were, were hovering between 8.5 and 9s, right? Like people were, were really positive, putting out a lot of really good reviews. Well, all the negative reviewers have, have decided to take it down a peg or two. Uh, and now they're all rating like around sevens, seven and a halfs. This episode down to a six five. So the negative review campaign has begun. So I don't know if people listening to this podcast are into that sort of thing or not. But if you got the time and you want to you help uh, flip the script a little bit, get on, the, get on the IMDb, get on the Rotten Tomatoes, write them some positive reviews, tell them what you're liking about the show, and be honest. I mean, don't just like artificially inflate the score. Though, to be fair, there are probably people who are negatively deflating the score with terrible reviews. So I, I guess it's up to uh, whatever you feel is in good conscience, right? Like whatever you can sleep at night with is, is the way to go. But yeah, it, it's sort of an, an interesting turn. Uh, this week, logging on and, and checking out, like, oh wow, it's down like a full point or two. You know, it, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I've talked I've talked about review bombing before. I'm not a fan. I think it's stupid, <laughs> personally. But I guess if people have that kind of time on their hands, you know, what are you supposed to do about that? Which is weird, wild stuff, if you will. <laughs> I don't know. Again, it's not my favorite episode of the show so far, but it's not worth just trashing it. No, no, no. There's enough. There's some still really enjoyable stuff here, in my humble, humble opinion. All right, let's go ahead and start getting out of here, all right? One, another reminder to please reach out to us via social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. New listeners, old listeners, please come on board. Uh, and, and, and follow the show on the social medias. We truly, truly appreciate it. You can also email the show, mandovisiontom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you have the time and inclination, and you're, you're on the internet already, and you're reviewing positively for Kenobi, why not give us a sweet, sweet, sweet five-star review? We would truly appreciate, it, appreciate that. They help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle. And the more the more people that want to join the, the you know the 
Buckethead Nation, the Man Division Maniacs, if you will, the better. So thank you in advance for doing that. Truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, if you are interested in becoming an official Man Division Maniac, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Man Division. Join up with fellow maniacs and gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. We just dropped a, uh, a big Moon Knight review on there recently. And I believe in the next week or two, we will have a massive, massive spoiler-filled show dedicated to the new season of Stranger Things. Stranger Things Season 4, Part 1, now on Netflix. So check that out in a few weeks. Get ready for it. Buckle up, all right? Thanks to our current Patreons, the Aspinel Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff is on the, the Ringing Ear, a great music podcast. Please check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard. The New Jersey Devil, Mark Wagner, Our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. The Silent Assassin, he who should not be named. And Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good. A great movie podcast that I recommend. And that guy's been on this show before, so you know he's cool. He's alright. He's a good dude. Get into it. <laughs> all right let's get out of here you know may the may the force be with you all right this is a jedi show no it's this <laughs> i can't do it we're not changing the end of the show the mantra is the mantra all right so you know how we close out we get out of here this podcast can only end one way this is the way this is the way this is the way this is the way expecting to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers this is the way